Welcome to It's Time on CSN International, the daily teaching ministry from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. On today's episode, we'll be listening to Senior Pastor Mike Kessler as he teaches in the book of Mark. Each of the four Gospels has a different approach and different audience targeted by the Holy Spirit. The book of Mark is a fast-paced, action-packed tome focused on Christ's role as a servant. By studying the examples of Christ in the book of Mark, we can learn a great deal about what our life as Christians should look like and the heart of Christ. With our study on Mark, here's Pastor Mike. We've been looking at uh, the book of Mark. Last, we remember that Jesus came in on that triumphant Palm Sunday morning, came in, and the first place he went to was to the temple. Now, Jesus came into uh, Israel, Jerusalem, on that Sunday as their king. Friends, it's very important because it was their day of redemption. Of course, the people of Israel had a different idea for a king than Jesus. But you don't noteworthy enough, as you study the book of Kings, one of the things you'll find as you look at the kings of the Old Testament, especially in the nation of Judah, is the very first thing that began to change the nation was a realization of the relationship with God. This is why I believe Jesus, the very first place he went was to the temple. Because if there was going to be any changes in the nation of Israel, it had to be that in the, you might say, in their belief system. And so Jesus went to the temple. We remember he cleared the temple of the money changers and those that bought and sold. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. You've made it a den of thieves. You remember the story. Well, from that time on, the Pharisees especially eyed him to destroy him. Because, you see, Jesus came in preaching that even though they had a, you might say, their spiritual descendant being Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they had put great stock in that, thinking, well, just because we're relative of these great patriarchs, we therefore are right with God. This is why John the Baptist's message was so contrary, you might say, to the message of the day, because John came along saying, no, no, just because you were born a Hebrew doesn't mean anything. You need to turn back to God again. Now, in order to convert to Judaism, what you would do is you would renounce the pagan deities that you would worship. You would embrace Yahweh, and then you would take a ceremonial washing. Well, what was so unusual about John the Baptist's message is he went to the nation of Israel saying, you need to take a ceremonial washing Israel. Well, this was, again, very contrary to what they believed. They believed they were righteous because of their inheritance, not because of their personal faith with God. Well, Jesus brings this message. And this causes, when he turned over the temple of the money chaser, great problems within, you might say, the the hierarchy of the church. The Sanhedrin became outraged at what Jesus did. When he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer, you made it a den of thieves. Well, we remember Jesus went from there, and the disciples had noticed that a fig tree that Jesus had cursed earlier, looking for figs on it, and even though the Bible says, back in verse 13, Even though the fig tree was out of season, there still should have been some little baby figs on there. It was full of leaves, but there was no figs. There was no fruit. And so Jesus cursed it and said, let nobody ever eat of you again. Well, when they came out of the temple, they noticed that the tree had withered. And Jesus finishes the the, the saying there and the thought in verse 23, Surely I say to you, 
Whoever says that this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he asks. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask and pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, this, friends, is with the alignment of your heart with God's word. You know, there's a lot of people, James says, that pray for things. They don't get them because they want to consume the answer or the blessing upon their own fleshly and worldly lusts. He said, for this reason, you don't get your prayers answered. But Jesus here is saying, when your will lines up with the will of God, you can ask whatever you want and God will do it. Now, I think that is pretty neat. That God will give you what you ask when you ask according to his will. Somebody might say, well, then how do you know the will of God? That's what this book is all about. It's to show you the alignment and the process and the purposes of God. Now, the message today, you might say, as we get into the next two verses, is probably one of the most preeminent things in the entirety of Scripture. Friends, people say, really, in these two verses, what in the world could that be? Well, let's look at that. Verse 25. Whatever thing, whatever, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespass. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you of your trespasses. Do you see what Jesus is saying here? One of the most preeminent things in the Bible is forgiveness. You know, this is what exemplifies, you might say, love within the believer's life, is forgiveness. Now, forgiveness, the Bible tells us the way God forgives is that God says, okay, I forgive you, but I'm going to beat you with it for the rest of your life. No, that isn't what the Bible says, is it? The Bible says that God separates us from our past as far as east is from the west and chooses to remember it no more. I think that's pretty neat. David, understanding that in the Psalms, wrote that. So as we would look at understanding what forgiveness is, friends, there is nobody in this room that isn't going to offend somebody this week or going to be an offense to somebody this week. I've seen some of you drive. I know that's true. And no doubt you've seen the way I drive. You know, actually, sometimes I'm embarrassed to put a Jesus bumper sticker on my car just for that reason. I get in a hurry, and I'm on my way. And I don't want... And I, I think about that sometimes. But you know, it isn't just in our cars. It's the way we live our lives every day. And you know, unfortunately, sometimes... We willfully, knowledgeably, unfortunately, offend people. Sometimes we offend people and we don't even know we did it. Now friends, a lot of times the ones that we willfully and deliberately do are actually sometimes easier to correct than the ones that we don't know we did because we don't know the offense is even out there. In other words, well, I was Christmas shopping and I saw Susie Q across the, 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 the counter over there, and she looked right at me and didn't even say, Hi, she must hate me, and I'm mad at her. Susie Q was in a why. Even though she was in the store, she was mindlessly thinking about what she's going to get little Johnny for Christmas. And she looked right at you and looked right through you and didn't even see you. And a lot of times we find that a lot of the offenses that we feel that somebody have against us are made up. Well, I think that person looked funny at me, and I don't think they like me in church, and therefore I'm mad at them. Listen, you, you can't ever let that happen to you. And the Bible tells us that we need to forgive, even if they did it. Oh, this is so hard. Let's just erase this and go to the next verse. Can't. It's the whole thing. 
Jesus said, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who sin against us in the Lord's Prayer. We realize that forgiveness, friends, is the, you might say, the enactment of what we say love is. And friends, I'll tell you something. We're all going to offend people. I offend people. I know you offend people. And this is where we go. We ask for forgiveness. And we ask God, just that God, please help me some way make this right. You know, we've talked about this before, but God is bigger than the things you've done wrong. And friends, we've all done things wrong. We all, again, we don't always try to do things wrong. We try to do things right. And in fact, I have found oftentimes in our endeavor to help people, we get tangled up and do and say things we wish we wouldn't say. We offend them in one way or another and our intent was good, but come out upside down. But you know, God knows those things. And this is where in our relationship with the Lord, we go. And the Bible tells us that we have to be in the position to forgive them when they come and ask us for forgiveness as well. You know, it's real easy to say, well, you wronged me. And maybe they really did. Maybe they burned you. Maybe they really took advantage of you in some way. And we might say, I'm fully justified to be mad at that person. And you know, according to probably the Old Testament law, and according to hate, you'd probably be right. But God's not called us to live in hate. And he's not called us to live under the law. He's called us to live in love under God's grace, remembering how much God has forgiven you and me for. Friends, God has, if there's anybody that has a right to hold grudge against somebody, it's God against humanity. Jesus, when they were driving the spikes through his hands and through his feet, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Looks to me like they did. The reality is they didn't. You see, Jesus knew that if they really had known what they were doing, they would have never done that. And friends, I think a lot of times the offenses in life come without people really understanding what they're doing. Isn't that true? Think about it in your own life when you've offended somebody. Did you really set out in the morning laying there and buy, I'm going to really go offend that person today. Yeah, I'm going to make them really mad. Yeah. No, not usually. Usually we, we, we get up and, and in the process of things that go on, we end up offending people because sometimes we're just goofy. Now, we don't try to be, but we are. And the Bible says then, when you have offended somebody, you forgive them. When, you, when, they, have forgive, when they have offended you, you forgive them. And in so, we fulfill the law of Christ. In other words, friends, all of us have a right to have somebody hold something against us or we against them. But when we say, well, God has changed my life and he's forgiven me. Do you know what love means? Love means giving somebody another chance. Do you realize that all of us are going to fail? Every one of us listening today, we're all going to fail. And I know a lot of times we like to hold people in this level of position that they're not going to fail. Ha <laughs> ha. You realize they're human just like you are? You realize they're going to do things wrong just like you do? And do you realize in the things that they do wrong involve people like yourself? Or like you towards others. And so forgiveness is that part which goes and says, okay, just as if you never did it. Let's start over again today. Aren't you glad God does that with you? That God forgives us. Now friends, again, this is one of the pure essences of Christianity. And though we might say, oh, I love God and I love my fellow man, but if I don't forgive them, Jesus here is saying, your religion is in vain and God's not going to forgive you. That's pretty pointed, isn't it? 
Like I say, I don't like this. Let's just mark this out. Or do I have to accept what Jesus says? You know a funny thing? A lot of people say, oh, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. They have all the Christianese down. Amen. But when it comes right down to living Christianity, friends, haven't you noticed that's a different world? And when you really endeavor to be a real Christian, sometimes it's not as easy as it oftentimes is presented. It isn't that Christianity is a hard way to live. In fact, as as a matter of fact, as I read the scripture, it is absolutely the easiest way possible to live. Except for this old sin nature that we all have. (laughs) And that's what makes it hard. Because you don't realize how old sin nature you are until you really decide to live for Christ. Have you noticed that? See, what's wrong with the concept of forgiveness? Anybody here have any objections to that? Well, I've sinned. I want people to forgive me. You sinned. I'll forgive you. You know, cuckoo-cuckoo-choo. We all get together here. Works. But then when you really have to live it. Oh, man. So the concept really, friends, and the logistics of it is very acceptable. Forgiving one another just as Christ has forgiven you. I like that. That works. But then when it comes down to really doing it, have you noticed sometimes how difficult, how hard that can be? Think of the families that can be saved. Think of the homes. Think of the businesses. Think of the relationships between just family members can be repaired if we just listen to what this had to say here. What does that require, friends? You mean i got to give them another chance? What does the Bible say about that? Jesus' disciples came to him. Peter said, Lord, how often shall I forgive my brothers? Seven times? Seemed pretty generous. The first time, a person might be blatant in doing it. Second time, well, once bitten, twice shy. Three times, you're giving them an unmerited amount or a favor. Double it and throw an extra one in. Seven times, Peter said. And Jesus said, no, not seven times. Peter probably said, whoa, that's good news. No, Jesus said, no, 70 times seven. What? 70 times seven? Oh, wait a minute. Listen, is God bigger than the things that they have done wrong to you? I have to ask that question. This is one of the ways how we forgive. Friends, it's really easy conceptually, again, to say, I forgive you. But how do I get over that realizing this person will maybe burn me again? Or this person is a nerd? Or this person doesn't care? See, I can forgive honest people that are sincere. But when somebody wants to take advantage of me, oh, yeah, wimmo. So how do we, how do, we do that? Well, I I think it gets back to our perception and our relationship with God. Is God bigger than the thing that that person has done to you? Is God bigger than the thing that that person has done to you? Well, yeah. He burned me. He stole $10,000 from me. Yeah. Is God bigger than the $10,000? Yeah. And and, and God who's bigger than the $10,000 or what enter... Enter the offense here. Is God bigger than the offense? Yeah. Okay. Then will God, if I do what you say to do, then that means you're going to take care of the rest of it. You know, friends, that's exactly what it says. 
See, see what he says is, notice what he says. There's something, there's a truth to be gathered here. Notice, he says, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you of your trespass. Ooh, it's conditional. I'm under, you might say, Jesus' biblical obligation to forgive. But I don't want to. They're weird. And I don't have nothing to do with them. Friends, have you been like this? I have been like this. And I have to continually go back to this. Otherwise, we can go quite postal on people. We can let the things and the cares of this life rack up against us to the point where we say, I am living from me from now on. I don't care about other people. I've heard Christians act like that and talk like that. They have been burned. They've been hurt. And unless we start to do what Jesus said, friends, I don't believe it ever begins in our life. There's a place in our lives where we have to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to begin to really live the way you want me to live. Friends, it's the hardest thing that I've ever found in my life. Yet, conceptually, it's easy. Spiritually, it's easy because this is what the spirit within you wants to do is forgive and be forgiven. But we have that old sin nature that wants to fight. Because it demands its rights. See, our old sin nature is a very frustrating thing. And this is one of the things, friends, all of us, that when we go to heaven, we get a brand new body that does not have the old sin nature. Isn't that great to know? You finally get rid of that thing. And that's that part of you that gets its feelings hurt. It's that part of you that says, do unto others before they do unto you. That's that old sin nature that demands its rights. I have a right to be mad. Really? Do you think that God has a right to be mad and angry at each one of us? Friends, I think so. <laughs> I've read this enough to know that if it was down to a, a, to a court hearing, we're all losers. What makes the difference is God's mercy in our life. Friends, what God has extended to you and me God wants us to extend to others. And what is that? That's mercy. Not getting what they deserve. Well, they deserve it all right. Yeah, they do. But so do you and me. And so God says, if we will forgive, we'll be forgiven. Now, I know, I, I, and this is a hard thing, I know, because we all agree. We, we say, yes, Mike, that is right. Amen? Right? But do you know, again, how hard it is to do... If we don't get God's concept of life and people, friends, we won't be doing that. We'll be demanding our rights. We'll be building our walls. We'll be isolating ourselves. And ultimately, friends, we are the loser because we've not learned how to forgive. You know, when you build a wall, all you do, we think, well, I'm building this wall to keep them from attacking me. But you know, that same wall holds you in. And there's a lot of people who build their walls in order to keep their heart from being hurt again. This person hurt me and I'm never going to let my heart be hurt again. So I'm going to build my wall. And every once in a while, I may look over that wall just to make sure that, uh, confirm the reason why I built it in the first place. Yep, you're all still there, just what I thought. But you know, when you live at peace with God, you can dwell without walls. You can let those walls go away. And you say, well, Lord, if somebody's burned me, then I'm going to turn around and I'm going to forgive them. Be wise, but forgive them. You see, every one of us are under scriptural mandate to do so. 
Well, verse 27. They came again to Jerusalem. And as they were walking in the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders came to Jesus. And they said to him, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you the authority to do these things? But Jesus answered and said to them, Then I will also ask you one question. Then answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of of John, was it from heaven or from men? Answer me. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Then why did you not believe him? And if we say from men, they feared the people, for all accounted John to have been a prophet indeed. So they came back to Jesus, and they said, We do not know. And Jesus answered them, said to them, Neither I will I tell you by what authority I do these things. This gets back to what we talked about earlier. You see, if you say from heaven, John's authority came, then they'll say, Why don't you believe him? In other words, when he was taking people out in the wilderness and baptizing them for the remission of sins because they were having that ceremonial washing, you might say, really, truly being converted to God. They'll say, why didn't you believe him? And if they say, from men, well, the people believed that he was a prophet from God, and so either way, they were trapped at their words. And so they came back to Jesus, and they said, we don't know where the authority of John came from. And then Jesus said, well, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things either. Now, the things that Jesus was speaking of was a couple of things. One was him cleansing the temple. Two was these statements that he made concerning, I believe, forgiveness. That's Pastor Mike Kessler on It's Time. If you've missed any part of today's episode, I'd like to inform you that we offer It's Time for free as a podcast download in the iTunes store. If you'd like a hard copy that you can keep and share, give us a call at 800-357-4226, and the operator can help you with that. Don't forget, It's Time to Grow. Pastor Mike's book on the Christian walk is also available completely free for you by calling that toll-free number I just mentioned. Tune in next time. For more, it's time.